Frank Kappen. Welcome to another episode of the Media Friday here for the Funk It Pod. It's Friday. Time to talk about all things media. And as always, you know you know it by now. Uh, I'm going to start with just quickly mentioning what we're not doing in the media, which is highlighting the issues in Gaza, Palestine. Because, hey, like we discussed last week, there's no, I don't know, immediate death toll um, happening right now we don't see it in the news there's no bombing no nothing so let's just not talk about the issues everything is happy everything to quote a lego movie is awesome of course media you're the best you're the best media <laughs> of course it's not the case i'm being sarcastic please check back to the last podcast that we discussed this um because that's really annoying same thing of course with me and Mar. however there's a change to be announced and I'm not going to announce too many details, um, simply because I, not that I have a huge following here yet, but Joe Rogan coming for you. Um, but uh, I had, I will have a chance to talk with uh, someone who runs uh, a media company, um, a media news outlet in Myanmar, and that person actually is right now trying to stay away or staying underground basically so in order not to be um caught by the government and sent to wherever they send people they don't like so i'm not going to mention any names or any publication but um depending on what like how much he want he or she <laughs> uh, depending how much um that person wants to then i know giveaway so this is incoming and maybe i can talk about this next week or the week after so stay tuned we will have some some connections to myanmar and we'll have the chance to talk with a media practitioner um there to see like how are things and what's happening and so on i'm very excited uh, for this and i can't wait to have this interview all right um Myanmar is one of the neighbors here in Thailand, right? So um, just to highlight that Myanmar is not the only country in Southeast Asia, not our only neighbor that struggles with the freedom of the press. I mean, Thailand also struggles with this, of course. But uh, Laos, Laos is always just the, the country in Southeast Asia that's like, I think, talked about the least. And that's not, well, I mean, it's not an economic powerhouse. It's not like Thailand. Um, it's not as big as Thailand. It's not as important in terms of economic power as Singapore, for example. Um, it's not as developed as Malaysia and so on. It's a very nice country to visit, though. And the people are, at least the ones that I met every time I went there, um, very nice. I've been to Vientiane numerous times. I've been to Luang Prabang, of course. Um, so it's really nice to visit. So if you ever end up traveling Southeast Asia, um, go to Laos. Um, great people, great baguette. The, the one good thing the French brought. It <laughs> was a joke, maybe. Um, anyway, so the La Laos now established a task force to police social media platforms. So they've been very hard on social media platforms before. So it was really difficult to find honest voices out of Laos. If you you might not or might have never tried to find some, but there weren't many bloggers or activists, social media activists out of Laos that, that, that made it to international fame um, or Southeast Asian fame. And that's because the Laos was always very at the very bottom of the freedom of speech um, chart when you go to like um journalists without borders is it is uh freedom uh, i'm getting things mixed up right now 
the press freedom index, however, on the press freedom in index, um, Laos is always like it's behind Thailand. It's like always on the very, 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 very bottom, very close to the to to, to the bottom, um, closer than Thailand and other Southeast Asian nations, I believe. And you don't hear much about it, but it's just like very restrictive. So now they are setting up another task force to police social media platforms more effectively. According to the diplomat, um, the Lao, Lao communist authorities uh, fear that Facebook could become an incubator of anti-government sentiment. You don't say. <laughs> so um, even if it's already restrictive, they think, oh no, now we have to be more active in policing the social media usage. Um, I remember 10 years ago or so when, when, when I came to Southeast Asia, uh, there wasn't much activity from Lao on Facebook. It was more on like other social networks like Interpols, for example, it was like 10 years ago, it was like a, like a thing. I'm not sure if it's still around. So then um, people from Lao would use other social networks more frequently because Facebook apparently wasn't that accessible or got blocked more frequently and so on. So now apparently there is access to Facebook, um, but now um, there's a task force to police uh, social media posts. So another crackdown incoming here seems in Lao. So apparently things seem to getting worse or maybe people are getting more confident in speaking out because they see that in other countries or, uh, in South Asia, for example, happening. So now the police or the government tries to squash that right away. Like, hey, don't even think about it. Um, we don't want this here. Hmm. I'm curious to see, A, where this goes, of course. B, uh, will we see maybe refugees from Laos coming to Thailand, for example? Um, not quite sure if, if that's a move, because in Southeast Asia, the, the ASEAN nations, they don't want to interfere in each other's politics. Um, I'm also curious to hear what, what, what you as the viewer or listener, what you think about this. Uh, have you heard of Laos? <laughs> have you heard of anything coming out of Laos? Um, now, what's your task on those police task forces that want to monitor social media platforms? So, um, shout out here. Gotta keep a keep a close eye on like what's happening in Laos. I believe. Um, another thing in Southeast Asia, actually here from Thailand, something happened, and it's also on my website mythai.org. I I wrote about it. Um, so there was like this thing here happening for like the past few months. There was this guy who was a suspect in a in a child child murder. Um, so apparently a, a baby, I think two years old or so, disappeared from home and then got found like a few kilometers away in, in in the forest or mountains or something. And this one guy was a suspect, but he was like just a suspect. So like not not the not, not the prime suspect. Just like hey, we have to ask this guy because he was somewhere around or whatever. I forgot the whole backstory. Um, but he was a very charming person and a salesperson, I believe. And he was like very charming in interviews and always tried to help the investigation. Like, yeah, police, I help you. And so on, like very nice. So then the general public started to like him. They gave him a name. His name was then Uncle Paul. Um, and everybody seemed to like him. And then the media realized, hey, and media again, hey, the audience likes this guy. So let's just interview him, have him on the covers, give him like, music videos and whatnot, highlighted him here, there, having meet celebrities and so on. So then this guy, who was a murder suspect, rose to prominence. And there was a hashtag free Uncle Paul and so on here in Thailand, trending in Thailand, um, because he was so charming and he just ch charmed the audience. And then all, like, not all of them, but lots of people in Thailand were like just, hey, he's so nice, he, he's so polite, he's so handsome. That's 
also a very important factor here in Thailand. If you're handsome or beautiful, pretty, you can't be a bad person. Obviously not, because that's, I mean, a bad person wouldn't be pretty. Yeah, that's, that's uh, Thai media. Thank you for this. So he's too handsome, he's too cute to be a bad person. Now it turns out eventually, um, now he's the prime suspect eventually after like investigations were going on, I think since December, I believe. Um, so now eventually he rose to be the prime suspect for the murder. Um, according to, I think, Thai PBS, if, if I'm not mistaken, and Thai news, news outlet. Um, so they just wrote about that he's now the number one prime suspect in this case. So um, all the he's so cute, he's so charming and so on didn't help with this, uh, but maybe it just, I know it prolonged everything because yeah, the media got swayed by this guy, the public got swayed by this guy. Like, and it's just crazy to see the power of the media, right? So this guy allegedly is a murderer and gets away with it for a long time just because he's charming and the media eats it up. And so if you know how to play the media, you can basically, especially here, get away with a lot for, for quite some time, it seems. Actually, more on this, um, if you're interested, um, we talked about this on another podcast yesterday, on another show. Um, uh, the show is called HA Squared, where I talk with my colleague, um, another uh, lecturer, about media development. So check this out, uh, link in the description. Uh, we talked about why it's important to understand how media works, why media studies are so crucial. Because if you can manipulate the media... You can basically manipulate everything and everybody, right? And this guy um, did it quite well for quite some time. So let's see, like, where this goes. Um, who else will be, uh, or is, is, I don't know, related to, to, to this? Like, is it only because he's so charming or did he have, did he make some friends in the media and so on? So um, we have to see where this goes. More updates definitely coming soon. Also check my org uh, if you're interested to see um, more updates as the week goes by probably. All right. Away from Thailand towards sports because last week I also mentioned this. Last week Naomi Osaka came out and said she doesn't want to do um, interviews anymore between uh, or during tournaments. And I said I'm, I sympathize because I always wondered like how can you have those interviews right after games? Like just last night, um, NBA playoffs, and then the Lakers, for example, get eliminated from the playoffs. And then right after they ask LeBron James and they ask Frank Vogel, the, the, the trainer, like, hey, how do you feel? What's happening? What went wrong? And like, well, we, we, we lost. So um, well, the others were better. So uh, yeah, so it's super weird. And she said it's too much pressure on her, on, on her mental health and so on. So she doesn't want to do this anymore. And I feel sympathetic. On the other hand, there was, there was a good point made um, on some podcasts I listened to. I think it was on Flagrant 2, I believe, uh, Andrew Schultz. He said, yeah, cool, I understand, but we're paying you the money. So, I mean, that's, that's part of your job. And every job has something that you don't like. Maybe it was the Michael Bisping podcast, BYM. I'm not sure. So there's a, every job has something that you don't like. Right. So, and if that's the thing that you hate at, in your job, it's ten minutes, and then it's over, and then you go back play tennis, chill, and get all the advertising advertising money. And it's like that's also a fair point. But then, how do you balance it, right? So, if it really influences your mental health, then that's of course a big deal. But if it's just you don't like it, then get over it. Get over it, right? So it's it's difficult to see like 
Now, um, where exactly Naomi Osaka, for example, stands there. Or well, anyways, um, then the French Open said, "Well, if you don't do the interviews, we will find you back and forth and back and forth." And Naomi Osaka and said, "Well, I don't want the spotlight on me right now, just because I don't want to do the press. I'm going to withdraw from the French Open." So Naomi Osaka officially withdrew from the French Open, not playing the French Open. Um, and now everyone's wondering, like, what's happening next? Is she going to just stop playing tennis? Is she going to come back? Um, so what what would be ideally? I think ideal would be if Naomi Osaka, I mean, she's very young, so I understand that maybe she's also a bit more emotional right now. And I'm not downplaying the mental health aspect, by the way. I'm just saying, ideally, she would spend some time right now off, away from tennis, away from the media, from the press. So, hey, media, just leave her alone right now for a while. Um, so she can reassess everything. Then maybe she can say, okay, I struggle with this, but maybe I I can find a way to work I don't know, a way around it, figure out how to deal with it. Because if she can figure out a way to deal with it, then maybe she can be a voice for mental health to raise more awareness for, for people that struggle as well and that people that might not have the spotlight on them so that they cannot raise awareness for themselves. So if Naomi Osaka finds a way to handle it, I don't say deal with it, I say handle it, live with it, and still maybe find a way to talk to the media maybe once in a while, um, then maybe she could shine light on mental health issues. That would be that would be great, I think. In regards to those press conferences between tournaments, I still think they are not necessary. And maybe you shouldn't be just forcing everybody to, to those interviews all the time. I'm sure professional athletes, they realize that they need the media to make more money, to get more advertising and so on. So then... They will not say no all the time. I'm sure they, they would still say yes to interviews, to press conferences quite frequently unless they really feel down or, or they really feel like they can't handle it right now because eventually the more eyes on them, the better for them, the more money they make, right? So I think give them more freedom uh, and everything should like find its own groove there, I hope. And I hope Naomi Osaka will do well because I really like her I'm, I'm not a huge tennis fan but when i watched those highlights of naomi osaka playing she seems to be enjoying it on the court she, she seems to be genuine in her in her emotions and so on it's really cool to see someone enjoying what they do that much so i hope she comes back uh, with a vengeance fury motivation and maybe finds a way to utilize uh, those media obligations in a way that is beneficial to her and the cause of her mental health speaking of sports and how the media picks up every little thing in sports. Headline on fan sided the other day. Um, Dennis Schroeder, um, playmaker for point guard for the Los Angeles Lakers basketball team, um, he deleted Lakers from social media at worst possible time. So they were facing the Phoenix Suns in the first round of the NBA playoffs. And they were down two to three games. Then following game, if they lose, then they would be eliminated from the playoffs. And before this game started, Dennis Schroeder, whose contract's going to expire after this season, so as soon as the Lakers are out of the playoffs or champions, Dennis Schroeder's uh, contract will be expired. And he he used that in his profile, his point guard, point guard for the LA Lakers, and he removed this uh, like the, the day before the game. They lost this game now, by the way, because Anthony Davis got injured and the Phoenix Suns just played amazing and Devin, Devin Booker just went all crazy, 45 points or so. So the Phoenix Suns, for the first time in 10 years, advanced to the NBA sem conference semifinals and the LA Lakers are out. First, I mean, LeBron James' career that he got eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. And Dennis Schroeder, by the way, it's Dennis 
it's Dennis Schröder. Just saying, so he's a German, so that's why I can pronounce his name. Dennis Schröder. And he deleted the, the Lakers from his social media account. And not a big deal. I mean, unfollow, you can unfollow anyone on Instagram, right? But he unfollowed the Lakers and deleted this. Um, it was just stupid timing, of course. But also the media jumping on it, like, oh, my God, he did this, he did that. And just asking questions, like, why did you do it? Why did you do it at this time? Couldn't you wait? It's like, yeah, you know, just let me play basketball, right? But also not a smart move on his part, of course. Um, but can probably get some criticism or whatever the day before and then he got emotional. I don't know. But just another example of like how the media jumps on just every little thing with pro athletes. Like, hey, you use this emoji on your Twitter. What the hell? So, mm. Speaking of sports, last sport news here. Um, another basketball player, basketball heavy show today. Another basketball player, uh, Lamelo Ball from the Ball family, such a baller. Um, now I read an article, and I have to be honest, I don't quite understand it yet. So feel free to let me know what exactly that means. The article states that um, there will be NFTs available, Lamelo NFTs that you can purchase. It will be tied to his career. So the better he plays, the more, the more he achieves, the more valuable those NFTs will be. Now, I don't understand that. I understand that, of course, he plays well, he gets more famous, he gets a superstar, then more people would want those NFTs. And that's why maybe the demand is higher and then they cost more money. But how are they exactly tied to his career? Like, are they tied to like rebound stats, to points per game stats? I'm really, I, I couldn't find it. Uh, I couldn't find more information. I just saw the statement by the management um, that they have this, but they don't really, didn't really explain how it works. So if someone has more information on this, I'd be curious to see like how NFTs can be tied, linked to real life, real world achievements directly, not like indirectly via supply and demand. That would be interesting. So if you notice, let me know. I'm really curious to hear this. If not, I'll try to find out how that actually works and maybe can get back to you also on this next week. All right, enough sports for now, though. Let's also talk about our friends over there at Facebook, Twitter, and so on, because, well, it's a media-heavy podcast uh, every Friday. So let's talk a little bit about social media. Facebook just... <laughs> I'm smiling because it had, it had to happen. They opened up Messenger uh, API for Instagram. Yay. They say you can provide new customer service potential with this. Yes, it's true. Uh, also means you can just stalk me now via Instagram messaging. As a... As a marketer, I'm like, yes, digital marketing, cool, because everyone's on Instagram, not on Facebook, so just show the Instagram button like way better. Um, but as a user, I mean, yeah, it's convenient, but it's also, God, no, it's, it's everywhere. No. Um, what do you think about this? Let me know. Um, speaking of social media networks, Twitter. <laughs> Twitter is really thirsty for money right now. Like we talked about the last week and the week before about the, the verification check market you can buy for like $2.99 per month, I believe. Uh, so now they announced initial test of ads in fleets. Yes, more advertising Twitter. Thank you very much. So now in fleets, the story posts of uh, Twitter, you can now also have advertising in there. I mean, it's not like we haven't seen this in IG stories, but... Twitter late to the game of like everything disappearing content and so on, but now they're like, hey, let's also just do advertising there because they want more money. Nice. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I think about it. So it makes sense from a business point of view. Of course it does. Maybe that also indicates that fleets are being successful. 
not sure. I, I never used them to be honest, but maybe it works. Uh, but it's just it just looks a bit thirsty. It's like, hey, and oh, we have here something else. Let's grab the money there. And let's grab the money there. And it's just like copying like Facebook, Instagram, and so on. So I'm waiting for something unique from Twitter for a while now. And I don't mean don't mean extend your updates to I don't know 360 characters or something like this. I'm waiting for something something unique from Twitter. So that would be cool to see. Don't just follow everything else and be like years late to the party. Innovate Twitter. Innovate. Speaking of Twitter, um, I read an article on the conversation and I would like to have some opinions on this. So the, the article said, journalists are not going to stop tweeting, but should media outlets exert more control over their posts? And this goes um, into detail talking about like how a, uh, ABC, how ABC um, told their their employees, their journalists, that they don't that aren't required to have a personal Twitter accounts. They can just use their professional Twitter accounts for work, of course. But if they have personal Twitter accounts, then they shouldn't be tweeting anything that's uh, contradictory to ABC guidelines and to the ABC and blah blah and so on. So basically, watch your tweet. So the the company tells their employees, watch what you tweet. It needs to be in guideline and guidance with what, what we are doing here. Um, yeah, don't get out of line and so on. And it led to a huge outcry amongst well, APC journalists, but also journalists across the board. And now there's a huge discussion. So should there be control? Should you, if you're a journalist, right, and you make money with creating content, then shouldn't you always be in line with the, with the company, with the outlet that pays you money to write for them? Or you, you write for them and then your Twitter is your personal thing and you can just, be, you should be able to tweet whatever. Um, I'm obviously in favor of the latter. From a business point of view, I understand the, the, the first take on it, right? I understand like, hey, you wrote this article for us and now you're like saying something controversial about it. Like, why would you, why would you do that? So... As this is, uh, as I read this on the website, the conversation, I would like to have a conversation about this with, with, with you in the comments via email, funkypolygmail.com, via socials, social media, and so on. Because I think that's very interesting. Simply, um, like, what's more important? It's more important to fall in line with your employers, be, be supportive, strengthen, um, basically the the stance of your employer. But you, you wrote an article for them, so basically, like, just promote this or yeah, promote yourself and have your own credibility out there and, and so on. The answer seems obvious. Like, of course, we have credibility, freedom of speech and so on. But who pays you the money? Right. Hmm. So, from, again, from a business point of view, I do understand that they would want to have more control over the post of their employees. Hmm. So let me know what you think. I think that's a very interesting discussion to be had. I'm looking forward to some re replies in and maybe I can um, sum it up in, in our next next show together um, next week to say like, what what's the, what's the, the common take on this? Um, smooth transition. No. So <laughs> sticking with social networks though, Facebook also announced something again. They said um, they're going to end and I quote, special treatment for politicians after the Trump ban. So before politicians had like the special treatment on all social platforms, kind of like you can kind of say what you want and you get away with it while normal people might get flagged for hate speech or whatnot. But if it's a politician, you're like, okay, political, not immunity, but like you know, he didn't mean it like this and so on. So um, politicians were able to say more usually. But now Facebook said no more special treatment for, for politicians. Same rules apply to everybody. 
And if you say something offensive, not woke, that's my, my take on it, something not PC, then you still get, can get banned, flagged, or whatnot. You maybe even banned. Yeah, so welcome to the normal life, the politicians. Um, shall we get political? Now oh, we already got political in the beginning. Okay. Joe Biden signs order banning U.S. investment in Chinese surveillance companies. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I understand it. Obviously, I understand it. Like, it's like China, U.S. right now back and forth. It's like, but it's like a kindergarten, right? And China withdraws whatever from the U.S. Then the U.S. withdraws investment from Chinese surveillance companies and back and forth and back and forth. Like, yeah, children, just go into your respective corners, be quiet and come back out when you cool down. Uh, Interestingly enough, though, um, the document doesn't say anything about TikTok or WeChat, so it didn't address any of those big tech companies that obviously also have investment from U.S. backers, right? So um, he didn't say anything about this. So right now it's only surveillance companies. Fair, fair enough, I guess. <laughs> Don't want to invest in surveillance companies that then use surveillance technology to well, basically spy on you. But didn't talk about WeChat, TikTok, uh, like, or ByteDance and the, the, the parent company of TikTok. So, um, yeah, I'm, I maybe they're too big to, to take them on. I don't know. Too much investment in there. Um, maybe they don't want a social media war with those giants. Uh, maybe they don't want ByteDance or a Tencent, the parent company of Feature, and to take out to, to withdraw investment in U.S. companies. I'm not sure. Anyways, they didn't. there's not no mention of those companies. So also, again, let me know what you think. Why is this? Why are you only focusing on surveillance companies? It's just like a warning, like, hey, we do this with surveillance companies right now, but maybe they're going to do it with other companies too, or are they scared to lose um, investment from China as well? Uh, so let me know. Okay, so before we go even more serious, I have to add like one very funny bit, bit to like just... Now, loosen up in between. Um, <laughs> I, I read it on, on The Verge, so credit to The Verge for the story. It's under the TLDR segment of The Verge that they always do. And the headline is, A very sus chicken nugget shaped like an Among Us crewmate sells for $99,997 on eBay. Are you finishing me? A chicken nugget for $100,000. Just because it really looks like the Among Us character. Um, what the hell? And apparently it's from the BTS meal, which makes it even more valuable, of course. <laughs> 100K? Oh my God. I'm going to go to McDonald's and buy all the chicken nuggets later. Seriously. Forget NFTs. Ch um, chicken nuggets is where it's at. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a chicken nugget platform later. Chicken nugget traders. Forget V Friends by, by Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm, I'm starting Chicken Friends. Chickenfriends.com. Going to be online later. You can buy you can buy all kinds of shapes, nugget shapes. Like Among Us, like Jesus. I don't care. <laughs> 100K. <laughs> the heck okay that's the funny part let's go to the less funny part and today today i'm in teacher mode i'm sorry i want i really talk about topics i really would like to get some feedback because so google confirmed that they that a diversity executive is no longer enrolled after problematic posts so the guy in charge of diversity <laughs> one of the guys in an executive role uh, in the diversity whatever sector at google um and i'm not gonna say his name just there's no 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 need in name shaming and so on. Um, he wrote a blog post slamming the state of Israel. He wrote it in 2007. So it's like one, two, three, four, five, 14 years ago. 
I know how old he is right now. I know how old he was back then. When he said like things like Israel is like a war, war hungry nation. And well, the wording definitely is is um, problematic, of course, because you can't just you can't just go out and like call everybody in a certain country like war hungry and so on. Um, but it's an article from 14 years ago. So an article that he wrote 14 years ago should it come back to bite him in the ass? 14 years later, I'm assuming 14 years ago he didn't work as a diversity executive for Google. Maybe he didn't even have, didn't even graduate yet. Haven't didn't have, didn't study yet. Or I don't know. Um, and maybe he did. But like his life was completely different. It's like 14 years. So should this still be a thing that it is hunts him 14 years later? If you say no, or then I would say, well, should oh god, okay, that this this. <laughs> This example doesn't hold up, and I'm exaggerating on purpose. But if Hitler would be alive, would you still hold him accountable for Mein Kampf, for example? Yes, we would. So then, I mean, why not the guy that wrote a blog post 14 years ago, right? So as you can see, I'm making points for both sides, and I would love to know um, what you guys think. I think um, it's a bit of both. So, of course, you could see, say, like, hey, you wrote this back then, so maybe this is still who you are. But then again, it's 14 years later, and maybe he, he learned something. Maybe he changed. He opened his mind. He worked at Google with different people from different backgrounds and hence has maybe a different opinion on it. So maybe you would have to assess this, like, differently. Uh, so I would be for saying the like, benefit of the doubt. I, I would assume that he changed over the last 14 years. And if there isn't anything that indicates that he's an anti-Semite over the last few years, then I might have just warned him and saying, man, I found this from you. Maybe you want to explain it and come out and say like why you wrote it back then and explain yourself rather than just having him leave. That's my take on it. Let me know your take on it. Um, I got a few more headlines that I want to talk about. Uh, one of the headlines I, I read this this week, and I was I was curious, so I read more into it. So the, the headline was kind of like, Auto autonomous robots start killing humans or something like this. So then I Googled it, and I read into it. And that's not confirmed. So there are this report that, that came out and that got picked up by different news outlets, and then the, the, the media men made stories out of it. But the report says that um, basically autonomous now, vehicles have been used to support certain military campaigns. But it did not state that robots made their own decision to kill people. That is nowhere to be found in that, in that report that is being cited. The only thing that's in the report is like that autonomous vehicles um, are used in campaigns and then maybe that uh, they... That they, I don't know, communicate with each, with each other or something along those lines. So don't quote me on that. But the article does not does not state those machines made their own decisions and then killed humans. That is definitely not in the article. Um, so that's just really strange. That um, and That's not strange because if you know how the media works, and it's not strange, but it's strange how, how a journalist would try to just clickbait that much um, out of that. Then again, you get paid for clicks and views and so on, right? So that's, again, how the media works. So you pick something selectively. Like, hey, they say here that, I know, autonomous machines are working in military campaigns. In the same campaign, people died, uh-huh, meaning the robot killed the person, right? Yeah. So the media, again, hey, maybe you should just 
take five more minutes. It took me, it took me, I don't know, seven minutes or so to actually find more out about it, read the article, read the report and see, hey, those conclusions, they don't really make sense here. So what the hell media? <laughs> One more time, what the hell? So um, be aware, no matter what you read, left, right, uh, wherever you're at, um, yeah, make sure to always double or even triple check if something sounds a little bit too weird to you. What, you don't need to double check anymore? Good news is Donald Trump's blog as a, that he started as like a counter to mainstream social media, right? We talked about this two or three weeks ago. He started his own blog. It's gone. <laughs> and according to his, not sure, lawyer or is it a campaign manager, assistant, whatever, it's not coming back. So apparently not enough people read it. No one cares. So Donald Trump's blog, social network, it was his own social network according to his, his own words, isn't anymore. It was like from the from the desk of Donald Trump or something like this, right? It looked like Twitter, but it was just him writing updates. Um, so it's gone. Minute of silence for Donald Trump's blog. Okay, that's enough. Goodbye. Um... What else? Oh, yeah, the last headline I, I, I read, um, and this actually might help with the article I mentioned before with, with the, with the um, robots and so on. And I quote here again, I read it on Wired, I believe. Yes, it's Wired. Ex-journalists are using AI to catch online defamation. That's kind of cool, um, if it works. And so I tried it out. It's a website, and you can enter some content, like a, a sentence, for example. I entered... Uh, John regularly gets bribed by big corporations. And then you hit enter and then this website, this AI checks your content for potential defamation so that you, you basically can avoid defamation lawsuits. And then this tool told me like, hey, uh, I'm being too generic here, for example, if I say um, regularly, um, yeah, so this, this is nothing specific, so I should be careful here and um, accepts bribes is also got highlighted by big corporations also got highlighted because it's also not specific so I could be um, facing defamation lawsuits here and it also gives you like a score like my score was 0 0.4 I'm guessing one is the highest uh, but I have to read, read more into this um, likelihood of being um, I don't know being faced or facing a defamation lawsuit so I think that's interesting I think if it should work, um, and copy-pasting it in there isn't really the, the way to go. But I, I understand it's like the beta test right now to just see how it works. Eventually, I'm sure it's going to be like just a plugin, just like Grammarly or something like this, that it just automatically underlines uh, potential defamation lawsuits in your article, I, I assume, before you hit publish. So then this could be rather helpful, I believe. Okay, let me okay, let me know what you think. Maybe that's also too much privacy infringement, but let me know uh, what you think here. Um, one thing that we got to talk about as well is, of course, cryptocurrency. No, not this time. <laughs> I thought I talked so much about crypto and blockchain every week. This week we just I, we had NFTs already. That's kind of blockchain. Um, we just relax a little bit. The last five days, in crypto went up really nicely. The last five hours, it just crashed down again. Uh, in order to not cry, um, we just uh, let it be this week. Um, but I do also have an interview lined up with a crypto blockchain expert. So I think this will also be live soon. And then we're going to talk more about it again. But for now, let's just um, dry our tears. Or let's maybe not. Don't check your crypto account today <laughs> if you're not a day trader. Uh, and then maybe we just prevent um, crying today. 
the thing I'm gonna finish with today is uh, my book recommendation. Book recommendation here. I got this from, um, uh, I'm very happy about this, by the way. I got this book from a course I took at Stanford University. So, hey, thanks Stanford for this. That's like as a, as a celebratory, hey, you finished the course gift. It's called The Art of Changing the Brain. Um, I read this already before I before I actually got it. <laughs> but so I, I kind of like it. It's about well, yeah, how to change the brain, how the, the brain is wired and how you can communicate with people in order to make yourself better understood and so on. So um, it's... It, mostly focusing on teaching how you teach people so uh, well that's that's why i'm interested in it but i think it's also very helpful when it comes to communication and so on so if you're into this psychology thing check this out um, a very cool book i believe all right that's it for this week if you have any comments thoughts i hope you have because i ask you so many questions please reach out via comments via social media at funkitpod everywhere or via email uh, funkitpod at gmail.com i'm very much looking forward to talking to you there until then stay safe take care and i'll see you next time Wake up.